1: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Two balls, one strike, on Perdomo. Sanchez ready, and here's the pitch. Swing at a ground ball right at Veerling. He's got it. Throws to first, and that's the ball game. <laughs> Phillies shut out the Diamondbacks for their ninth consecutive win. As the Phillies keep the good times rolling, and Rob Thompson remains perfect as Skipper. He's 8-0 and since taking over. And the Phillies have won another series as they beat the Diamondbacks today 4 <laughs> nothing. Hey, Jody Mack, how many of those
2: variables did you have on your bingo card two weeks ago? Uh, not even close. <laughs> Matt Vierling scoops it up at second base to throw at the final runner as Rob Thompson gets his ninth win in a row. What world are we living in, Jody Mack? Uh, One that you don't want to wake up. If it's a dream,
3: please don't jostle me. I'll just stay uh, comfortably ensconced in this Philly hot streak that, yes, I I had no idea was coming. I. uh, Glenn, uh, you and I have been doing some shows uh, recently, but uh, you know I do every Monday and Tuesday night. When they hired Joe Girardi, I was a big fan. I liked him as a guy. I thought he was a good manager. I thought he was a needed change from what Kapler was. They decided Kapler's way of doing things wasn't the way you want to do it, so you usually go in an opposite direction. You've got a qualified, accomplished Uh, not uh, uh, coming in from left field type of guy to take over. I thought it was damn close to the perfect hire, and I said that every day that Joe Girardi was the manager up until about a week before he got fired, and things were just not going well, and Joe was not getting the job done, and I know how baseball works. It's easier to change the manager than the entire team. I said, listen, i got to make a change. If they get swept by Kapler, he comes in and wins all three games after what they did against the Braves and the Mets. He's got to go. And I never thought I was going to get to that, but I did. And sure enough, a couple days later, Dave Dombrowski did just that and pulled the plug on him. I didn't know Rob Thompson was going to come in here and set the world on fire and win eight consecutive games. Yes, I thought that a change could do them good, and maybe they could get it back going in the right direction.
2: Eight in a row for Rob Thompson? Nine. Yeah. Nine for the team, eight for Thompson. Oh, I thought it was ten for the team, nine for Thompson. Okay. I don't want to give anybody more credit than they do. No, um, unfortunately, the Braves have won 10 in a row. The Phillies yeah, have know. only won good. nine in a row. All right, so under, under this, if you take the last Gabe Kapler game and then carry it over to Thompson, they have outscored opponents now 74-24. to They have slugged 22, game, 22 home runs in those games, including this one yesterday by suddenly the hottest power hitter on the team out of high school in
1: Hudson, North Carolina. 2-2. Swung on, hit deep. Right field, going back on it. Smith to the track, pulls up at the wall, and it's gone. It just clears. And Bryson Stott hits one out to straightaway right over the out-of-town scoreboard. His fourth. It's a two-run shot.
2: Bellies lead it 3 nothing. Another thing, Jody, I do not think would have been on your bingo card.
3: No. Uh, Bryson Stott, let's be honest, struggled. Um, Go back to spring training, played well, looked like he was going to make the team, looked like he could be their starting third baseman opening day, uh, but he earned himself a spot on the roster. And then flat-out struggled. Uh, Galen, he wasn't just below the Mendoza line. He was getting close to highway numbers, like 100. Yeah. And, man, as he turned it around and shown power, uh, you heard the call there, uh, Fransky call, just made it into the seats. Doesn't matter. If you make it into the seats, you make it into the seats. Right. And what we've seen from uh, Stodd is incremental improvement, Well, why should it stop now? First of all, he's got to get to the Mendoza line. He's at 189, so he's got to have a couple more good days to get to 200. But maybe he starts hitting them into the fifth row or the eighth row rather than the first row. Uh, it has been a very quick rise for Stott and something that the Phillies desperately needed. You needed Schwarber to be Schwarber and Harper to be Harper, and their stars have to carry them. But that's a big reason why they've won eight games in a row, because the Veerlings and the Stots all of a sudden have started making significant contributions. That's how you put a winning streak like this together.
2: A couple other things. They made no errors yesterday, which for this team is a beautiful thing. They actually stole three bases. Off of Lefty Madison Bumgarner. Uh, this is not a team that has stolen bases over the last few years. I don't think they're exactly going to start playing like the 1981 Athletics, but it is, uh, I miss the stolen base in baseball. I like speed. I like defense. So to see three stolen bases was nice. Uh, and Jody, they are ab- above 500 for the first time since they lost to the Mets on April 13th. I think they were 2-3 and three at that point. All right, 3-2. and two oh okay they were three and two they went to three and three and then they went below. Right. okay they weren't two and two they were three and two there you go uh they are two and a half games out of the last playoff spot which now belongs to the braves who as you mentioned are as hot as the phillies or more they got the braves come up in a couple of weeks today it is the uh final game against the Diamondbacks. hopefully this rain is going to clear i don't know what it's like where you are but where i am in palatial havertown it's uh it's coming down fast.
3: Yeah, it's raining pretty good over here in South Jersey, too. All
2: right, so we will see what happens with that game later today. Ranger Suarez against Kyle Nelson and then to Miami for three, starting with Aaron and then Washington at home. All right, so Jody Mack, as I said, they are now 30-29. and 29. They are above five hundred. There are 103 games left to play. What's it take to make that last playoff spot? How many wins?
3: Um that that's a very good question. First thing for uh, Miami's here the next three days, and then they have to go to Washington.
2: I am so, I meant to say uh, then against Miami, then not at Miami. Then against Miami, and then Washington. Right? they got
3: to go down to Washington yeah. for a strange five-game series. Five
2: games, yes. Five
3: games because they have a double-header, split-double-header. Are there any other kinds in baseball these days? Mm-hmm. On Friday, an afternoon tilt followed by a Friday night game. I guess they've got to make up with Washington. It might be from the scheduling at the beginning of the year when they had to uh, reach Configure the season into a week shorter period of time because of the CBA negotiation, but a five-game series against Washington, even Washington has won two in a row. Uh, they've uh, they've beaten the Brewers two straight games. So in the division, the Braves have won ten in a row. The Phillies have won nine in a row. The Marlins have won five in a row. And the Nationals have won two in a row. I watched the Mets get beat by the Angels on the MLB Network last night. Uh, so they, they, they're actually making up ground in the division, which has been hard to do because the Mets have been as good as they are. Uh, yeah, All of a sudden, the NL East looks pretty good, and they've got their next eight games against the NL East. Can they keep this uh, rolling? Uh, my opinion on the division hasn't changed Even when the the Mets were up by 27 games and everybody else was below 500 in the division, I thought that to make a wild card in the National League, you were going to have to be north of 85 wins, 86, 87, 88. And that's still, I think, the number as of right now.
2: All right, let's go 86. Uh, My number was 87. I'll meet you at 86. If it's 86, they have to go 56 and 47 for the rest of the year. That certainly seems they can play at that clip, right?
3: Well, when you're in the midst of a nine-game winning streak, <laughs> well, you say, "Yeah, so. uh, that's that's that's
2: uh, easy." You can. Yeah, get but that looking done at the larger a couple picture. of weeks, right, Okay, this is not a team that is going to play at a 9.50 clip for the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, if you looked at what you well, I know what I anticipated the start of the season, which, as I said, they would win 87 games. I think right now that is as real a possibility as there is.
3: Right. Um, uh, The way that they've gotten there might be a little circuitous, and we might not have seen it work out the way that it had been. And, yeah, at this point, if you believe they're going to win 87, you probably would have had them two or three, three or four games over 500, uh, probably more like three. Uh, So there were a couple of games behind the pace. That's no big deal. Then, all right. Teams get off the slow start. Shoot. The Braves were below 500 past the All-Star game last night last year and ended up winning the, the division going away. So, um, yeah, they're absolutely it. if people are debating. And oh, by the way, we get, did debate. I'm sure you and Ray did. I did on my uh, Monday and Tuesday night shows. Should the Phillies actually be sellers? What could we get if we flipped Reese Hoskins? Has he got yeah. any value on the open market? All those conversations were had right here in town 10 to 14 to 10 days ago. Um, no, they are now a team that is absolutely thinking playoffs. They were before the season started, and there's no reason for them not to be doing that right now.
2: Yeah, we set a date, or I set a date of July 1st is the date where you got to figure out what you're going to do, and July 1st could be pretty good. Um By the way, yesterday's late afternoon game, 30,000-plus fans there uh, on a day where there was some rain and no bobblehead day or anything. The fans are starting to believe and come out to the ballpark, which we know when you have those, the difference between a summer, when people are going out to the game, and when you have a bad team that fans lose interest in in the summer, is so different. Well, from our radio perspective, it is. But just overall, what it means for the city when you have a team to believe in is just great. Um, Let me give you a couple things from yesterday. Zach Wheeler goes six shutout innings. Would you have left him in longer? He has, by the way, Jody Mack, a 139 ERA now in his last eight starts. Six innings, two hits, no walks, struck out eight.
3: I happened to be in the car, so I was listening to uh, Scott in L.A. uh, when the sixth inning ended and he finished up at like, 90 was it 96 or 98 pitch it was less than yeah, it was, 100 somewhere yeah, in the 90s. under 100 right um and la and scotty were batting it back and forth and la said i i i I think he will bring him back out for the 7th. He wasn't. Uh, he must bring him back out for the 7th, but he was leaning in that direction. I was saying the same exact thing because I had watched the first five innings on TV. I had to run out uh, for the 6th inning, um, so I didn't see that inning, but he was in command throughout and didn't seem like he was given a lot of effort. Remember, he pitched with an extra day of rest because uh, he and his wife had their first daughter, Bambi, uh, delivered this week, so he was supposed to start Friday. They pushed him back to Saturday, so he's an extra day of rest good yeah, week I thought, for him yeah not a bad week for zach not wheeler things are, things are going well for the wheeler family exactly right um i thought he was going to put him back out there for the sixth and yeah. they chose to fall on the side of caution yeah. and sure enough familia comes in gets the first two outs uh-huh. and proceeds to load the bases so they have to go get him and bring baladi in who faced one batter a fairly well hit fly ball to center field but O'Double pulled it in Right now everything's coming up for aces for Rob Thompson. You ask me, I would have started Wheeler. I it was three nothing at the time and you just go batter to batter. If he gets the first out, then he gets to face the second batter. If he gets the second out, he gets to face the third batter. If he gets the third out, as soon as he puts somebody on, the worst he can do is give up a home run and make it a 3-1 game. I would have played it batter by batter at that point. He chose to go to his pen, and how many runs did the pens give up yesterday, Glenn?
2: Well, none, uh, but that was kind of fortuitous in that inning when Familia comes out and does that, and and I, Familia is the guy that I just have such a tough time watching. Uh, the one off-season move that still kind of confounds you was bringing in familiar and letting Hector Naris walk. I mean, there are always circumstances to do it, and they did. We talked to um, we talked to John Heyman yesterday, and he threw out some relievers that could come and help here. He suggested that the market hasn't developed yet. It's not going to. There's not enough teams out of the race yet. Um, but, you know, you talk buyer-sellers to me – If I'm buying, that's what I'm buying. Maybe two things I would like to buy. I would like to buy an outfielder who can play defense for me and maybe run a little bit, you know, one of those guys, fourth, fifth outfielder guy, uh, because I don't think Harper's going to play the field all year. And I would like to buy a reliever who can get me through, well, I I don't trust Kniebel, but I don't think I'm going to get a closer. A reliever can get me through the seventh, eighth inning. Your and thoughts?
3: Yesterday when John was I wanted to see two, a couple of names out there said it's really as you just pointed out, the market hasn't developed yet, but guys who would seem to be available because they're on teams that are probably not gonna be in a playoff mix and veteran reliever, one year contract, blah, blah, blah. Storing out the names of Ian Kennedy and David Robertson. Been there, done that. <laughs> Guys who have already made their tour through Philadelphia, and we've moved on from oh, them, God, and they've moved no. on from us. But let's yeah. bring them back for another uh, run through the Philly bullpen. Uh, I don't know. I, I I take much like I would have taken Zach Wheeler yesterday, batter by batter. I'll take the Phillies in a bullpen, same way. Let's see how they do the next two days. And then we'll check out two games later. Chances are they're going to need an arm, but I'm not desperate to do it immediately if I'm Dave Dombrowski. But at some point, I would, would not mind adding another good arm in that Philly bullpen. All
2: right. Well, it has been a great week uh, for the Phillies um, and for just the resurgence of a season here in Philadelphia. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 94 94. And you know what, Jody? It's, you have. Moments during the season that good seasons, bad seasons, that stick with you. And you know the one that I think is going to stick with us for a while? happened earlier this week. It was Wednesday night, Brewers, when they are down and Josh Hader is in to close oh, yeah. the game. And Josh Hader hadn't given up a run in it was 38 straight appearances, something like last July. And the Phillies have the bottom of the order up. And you can almost hear with Fransky just kind of saying like all right well you know there's always a prayer you never know and they hit back-to-back home runs and win the game um and that to me is one of those ones when when you put together the season highlights at the end of the year particularly if it's if if this year turns out as we now hope it will That's the play that's going to really stick with me. me, That's the inning that will stick with me.
3: Right. Let me add to it. It was Tuesday night, so it was the first game in in Milwaukee. Um, You're right. You get to the ninth. Haters coming in, who, by the way, had not given up an earned run since the previous July. Yeah. He went through most of July, all of August, all of September, and all of April and May this year. Had not given up an earned run in close to a calendar year. And sure enough, Alex Bohm, who's playing improved at third base, his average is pretty good. He's got to walk every once in a while, but isn't really hitting for power. Has three home runs at that point in the season. He absolutely just mashes a home run to uh, left field, pulls it against Hader, who you know can bring it at triple digits, and that gets the game tied. And then before he goes on this now power breakout, Bryson Stott – gets up there and takes him out of the... Uh,
2: excuse me, Matt Vierling, Vierling. would just yeah, come Vierling. back
3: from AAA. Yeah, this uh, week's
2: hero, second baseman,
3: Matt Veerling. Exactly. He's only coming up because um, Wheeler's going on the paternity list. That's how he gets his ticket to the major leagues, and sure enough, he hits his first home run of the year after winning the center field job, opening day center fielder, does absolutely nothing, gets sent down. He turns around to Josh Hader fastball, if it had been Schwarber and Harper, we wouldn't have batted an eye. Well, oh, our, our power guys did what they were supposed to do. Um, no, it was uh, two of the guys at the bottom of the lineup who got the job done for him. And, yeah, that was uh, portending things to come for the rest
2: of the week. Right. Everybody's got to believe now, right? But, but baseball is about confidence. I'm talking about the fans, but I'm talking about the team now. These guys believe. I I. They're never going to lose again. Um, and, uh, oh, I just wanted to take one, one last look at the schedule. Um, we mentioned it earlier. They got the Marlins and they've got Washington, which means another eight games against teams with losing records. Um, and then they're at the Rangers after the Nationals. So that's, what, ten games against teams with losing records? Yep. Man, this is the moment. This is the time. Because I know it does get tougher. I know you right. got, All you got of the it, Padres and down the road, Padres, the Braves. Braves,
3: Cardinals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you take advantage where you can. And, again, let me point out, and I'm uh, not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but Miami's won five in a row. Uh, yes, they're still below 500. But Glenn, three days ago, the Phillies were below 500. So now they're above 500 because they've won three in a row. And Miami's playing better. Um, so that's not as easy. And they got two of their best three starting pitchers coming in against the Phillies. And oh, by the way, the Phillies have lost the season series to the Marlins. Oh, three well, years oh, running. Yeah. Oh. and they already uh, have lost three out of the four matchups this year with the early four-game set that they played. Uh, so I, I'm not chalking up wins against Miami just Oh, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. I never take the Marlins for granted. The Phillies never beat the Marlins. So, hey, things are changing. Hey, if Matt Vierling can hit game-winning home runs and turn plays at second base, the Phillies can beat the Marlins.
3: And That's i gotta, what I'm going with. i got to give him a nod because I sat here on the show with you yesterday, and – Openly questioned whether Matt Vierling can play second base because he took a couple of ground balls in batting practice. We're supposed to believe he can play second base. I watched the entire game yesterday. He made a couple of decent plays. He wasn't tested. There wasn't a diving stop that he scrambled to his feet and gunned the guy out at first. But he made the routine plays, and that's all you're looking for, a guy like Vierling, if he's going to fill in once in a blue moon in the
2: infield. Jody, the way these things are going, he's going to be in the Gold Glove finals. (laughs) Uh, Okay, coming up. By the way, uh, you and I are going to talk. We we talked some uh, Eagles yesterday, but we didn't get into the issue of Nick Sirianni uh, deciding that he wasn't going to call the plays this next year. I'm curious your thoughts on that, and I have my own, and certainly love to hear from the callers. And really fun thing today. Now. We do, uh, every week, Scheib Sports, this uh, this week in Philadelphia sports history, where we replay a very memorable moment from something that happened in this town. And this week it happens to be a Phillies game from 1989, which we're highlighting for two things. It is the game... Were you? When did you move to Philly? 1990. Okay, so this is right after you got here, but I'm sure you have heard of this game. It is the game where... The Phillies and the Pirates are playing at the vet. The Pirates get up 10 nothing in the first inning. And Jim Rooker, who was their color commentator at the time.
3: Not a bad left-handed pitcher in his day, by the no,
2: way. No, yeah, he, he had a career. Turns to his broadcast partner and says to him something along the lines, and we'll play it later, hey, you know what, partner? We lose this game and I'm walking home to Pittsburgh. Well, no sooner does he say that than the comeback begins. And the Phillies, who are down 10 to nothing in the first, pound it. And uh, Von Hayes hits two home runs in that game, everybody's favorite Philly. (laughs) And the game becomes legendary because Steve Jeltz, of all people, hits a home run from the left side and the right side. And let me just tell you, Jody Steve Jeltz Jeltz played. Five full seasons here, parts of two others. He left Philadelphia with a .210 batting average for his career. Uh, he had five career home runs, two of them in that game. Right. Five five for his entire career. Yes. Yeah. Two in one game. Uh, 268 career slugging percentage. I have learned over time how popular Steve Jeltz is. I'm sure you got those calls, too. Not as many, apparently, as you did. Oh, all the time. When we do, when Ray and I did the Tell Us Your Story feature, people say, hey, why don't you have Steve Jelts? Why, why don't you have Steve Jelts? And I think some of it is kind of irony and comedy and so on, but there was for many years a Steve Jelts fan club. Um, and so today, Steve Jelts is going to be a guest when we do the feature, the Shive Sports This Moment in History. And I talked to him the other day. He's a charming guy. He's a really nice guy. I'm looking forward to it. But as part of this, We have a $50 gift certificate, two Scheib Sports, and here's the theme. Give us your favorite Philadelphia athlete, oh, who wasn't a star, who never made an all-star team, who maybe wasn't a regular, who maybe just wasn't really any good, to be honest. (laughs) But you love the guy. I want to be respectful to Steve Jeltz, so I'm not going to characterize him in any way. But the guy that you love, despite the fact that he wasn't that good, um, and the winner gets a $50 gift certificate to Scheib Sports, where there's a story in every stitch, uh, visit them at their center city location or go to Um I had my Savraka weakness, Joe, for years. Uh, I, loved, I, I, lo- I loved the idea of an Aussie punter. Uh, Aussie how's that rules. working out for the Eagles these days? Uh, didn't well, it worked out fine in like September, October, and then kind of a sudden it got, got, I got really bad.
3: The, the only the <laughs> only interesting thing about SIPA's punting this past year was your bet with Ray.
2: I know. Well, that I paid I had attention, attention
3: only because of that.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I'm I'm glad to glad to help the public good. Uh, yes, and I bought dinner for everybody. Uh, anyway, he was an Aussie Rules player. He was the oldest rookie in the history of the NFL, which I thought that's kind of cool. He was the Chris Coast of the NFL. I made that dumb bet with him. Oh, the bet I made with Ray with him was the dumbest bet I ever made. So here's the... Here, On Sav? Yeah, it was worse. It, it was, was worse,
3: worse. than Sippus this year? Oh, it was
2: way worse. It was way oh, worse. Oh, man, I don't remember that. So in the preseason, Savage just booting him, right? 65 yards, 68 yards. I mean, he's clearing it. And so Ray suckers me, and I said, Ray, I think this guy's going to hit over 60 yards once in a while. And Ray goes, oh, really? Let's bet. And I made a bet that he would have 10 punts of 60 yards or more. Ten? He had two.
3: Ten?
2: He had two. You went ten? I was drunk with the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, But nonetheless, I lost that bet. By the way, you know what the final tally of the stupid bets was?
3: Uh, six, what are you talking six, six over? And,
2: uh, with Ray, over 13 years. Over
3: a 13-year period, you went 6-6-1? Yeah. Six, six and one?
2: Yeah, we did. <laughs> we That's did. great. That's not bad.
3: And, oh, by the way, let me add to your Savraka, although I never would have predicted 10 punts over 60 yards, yeah. he was one of my favorite eagle punters of all time for a very specific reason. He lived about 150 yards from where I live.
2: Really? In four four punts, he could get there.
3: Yeah, he lived in the same exact development. And when he was here, my daughter was of uh, trick-or-treating age. And I knew where Sam lived, and we walked the neighborhood whenever. And uh, I I told my daughter, you got to go up and say, this is the Eagles punter. Let's see what he gives you. And I remember her coming back to me and going, Dad, I didn't understand what he said. Because Sav had a little bit of an accent. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I said, I, don't, well, I wasn't there. I just stood back on the sidewalk. You have to make How would you do? He said, oh, she gave, gave me some great candy. I said, good for Sav. There He's one of my favorites now. The big he lived, bars. He lived down a block in one of the little cul-de-sacs in my nice. neighborhood.
2: Yeah. Very nice. Anyway, so here's the deal. And, Jody, we'll get yours coming up in the, in the next segment because I see how late we're running here. But here's the deal. Call us with a compelling sports point, either about the Phillies. We're going to talk about the Eagles and Sirianni. You can talk about the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup, whatever. We'll review the Belmont. We'll get into all of it. Whatever's on your mind. But give us your favorite player who just wasn't very good. Whoever gives us the best story, the best name, wins. Jody, do you want to be the judge or you want to defer it to... Uh- as I often do to Moshe.
3: Oh, I have complete and utter faith in Moshe.
2: Me too. That's right. That way nobody gets mad at us. Exactly. When that's exactly my strategy. All right. So that's it. Give us the, be- the not the best, give us your favorite player who just wasn't very good and give us a story with it. Like he lived down the block and gave you a great candy for yes. Halloween. That would, that would be a winner. 215 592 215 592 Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Jody, we got to clarify something. I thought thought we made this clear, but here's the deal. Uh, The prize today, the $50 gift card doesn't go to somebody just giving us your favorite athlete i mean you know your favorite athlete can be a superstar it has to be a a a, a not so great athlete you loved a bad athlete that you loved a guy who just wasn't very good who you loved that that was pretty straightforward right, right? a
3: a minimal contributor Yeah, that he was a member of the team and every once in a while, step up, uh, make a big play like, oh, I don't know, a Steve Jeltz hitting home runs from both sides of the place. We're we're looking for a Steve Jeltz like Philadelphia performer. It, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but I picked up on what you were who, laying who down. Who was your Mac guy
2: yesterday? You so Taguchi was the guy you remembered from the the '93 Phils? right? That, yeah. that he was I mean, the '08 films, not the right? Wasn't one of my films.
3: favorites, but I right. thought it it tied into Jelts because you uh, said that you were surprised that there was this big a fan club, right. and I had the story about going to the collector show and a guy said the guy that everybody <laughs> requests is So Taguchi, but explained to me it was because of autograph purposes that everyone wanted to get his autograph on a championship ball from when the phillies won the world series and he went back to japan after the season was over so uh, yes he had a reason why he had a bigger fan base than one would expect off the performance that he actually put up on the field
2: all right so before we go to the callers today which i now do with some trepidation who was your during your time in philadelphia the player who wasn't very good who jody mack led the fan club
3: I think you will uh, appreciate mine because I think it fits the criteria that you were looking to lay out here for others to follow suit in a Steve Jeltz-like fashion. Here's the guy I would go with. He was a Philadelphia guy, not once, but twice. Came back for a second rendition. Uh, His first time through town was 2014-15 with the 76ers. Now, that's prime <laughs> process territory. There were a
2: lot of guys recycled through those teams, oh, that's for sure.
3: Oh, yeah. There were a whole bunch of guys that came through the 76ers during the first several years of the Sam Hinky process. And Ish Smith came in and actually played pretty well. He played 25 games. He gave them a little uh, stability at the point guard. Averaged 12 points a game. I think he actually was too good, and that's why the Sixers moved on from him. They said we can't have this. We he's actually helping us win games. We need to get off this as soon as possible. Uh, so he goes to the Pel- they got him from the Pelicans. He goes to the Pelicans, and midway through the next year, um, Colangelo the elder, not the younger. Yeah. Uh, had taken over as an uh, executive slash advisor uh to arm twisting by the commissioner of the n b a to Josh Harris, so he comes in and he basically tells samick, you must go get a legitimate n b a point card that's right, mister.
2: They started we, the year without a point
3: guard. We do yes. not have a point guard on the roster. We yes. are an embarrassment to the NBA. So you must go out and get uh, yourself a legitimate NBA point guard. So Sam Hinkie, who used to treasure second-round draft picks, had to give up two second-round draft picks to reacquire Ish Smith from the Pelicans. And he came back, and he played well again. He's he's been a nice little NBA player. He
2: turns up. Like, if I flip over a game sometimes at, like, 1030 at night, he's, like, he's with the Pistons for a while, right? Yep. Wizards?
3: Wizards. uh, He's jumped around to a couple of different teams. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, by the way, if you've got a spare half hour, you can go to uh, NBABasketballReference.com uh, and see the 27 transactions that <laughs> Ish Smith has been in All during
2: right. his 11-year NBA career. So that works. That, Jody, as of now, you win the $50 uh, <laughs> gift card.
3: He thinks I'm ineligible, but thank you very much. Brother yeah, well,
2: Backer. anyway, so it should be, don't don't give our producer most headaches. The, you, the theme is pretty straightforward. Give us a guy you liked that just wasn't very good. Give us a reason for it and bring something else to the table, as Frank
5: is about to do. Hello, Frank. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I, sure. When you when you said favorite player, uh, I was thinking who my favorite players were through the years. Um and we I go did back say to the favorite band player. We,
2: we, the, I know, we, the, it I know. It really I mean, was
5: I, I mean, I like Steve Carlton and all that, but oh, no, there, when on. I was when I was a teenager, my favorite player was Don Demeter. Who? Don Demeter. Uh, I had his baseball
2: card back in the day. Uh, Frank is about my age. Uh I
5: fell in love with that card when I got it. <laughs> I mean, I saw that card and and I just see, fell in love with that. Here's what I card. remember
2: about Don Demeter and then I'll make your make your other point. He was an outfielder, Ray. And I uh, Ray. Yes. You know what, Jody? I'm going to do that. By That's habitant, okay. I, so I, I get it.
3: Not a problem.
2: Anyway, Don Demer was an outfielder who either went from the Phillies to the Tigers or the Tigers to the Phillies. I don't remember which one. But do you, you collected tops baseball cards when you were a kid, right, Jody? Sure. Remember when and a guy would be traded, they would paint his helmet, his batting helmet to take the logo off?
3: Oh, so it would just be black.
2: Yes. Yes. So I had a, I don't know if this is the card Frank speak of, but I had a Don Demeter card when I was eight years old that had the painted, the bad, poorly painted
5: helmet. Anyway, why was he your favorite, Frank? Um, I don't know. The Phillies were pretty bad. I mean, um, my mother and I used to listen to the games, and uh, she passed away like three or four years ago. And I've been to a game, at last game at Phillies was, was Connie Mack Stadium. But I just liked his wow. card, and he was probably one of the few guys on the Phillies that were good. Wait, wait. Was, they lost 23 in a row, the one year. All right, 61 maybe.
2: Frank, yes. you are you are a Phillies fan, correct? Yeah, um, I was born in Philadelphia. You follow uh, the Phillies now on a regular basis? Uh, yes, I do, of course. You, it's, it's so wonderful not to only... hear them. That, yeah. And and I please I'm not making fun of you I'm just asking a question. You have not been to a game at Citizens Bank Park, nor did no. you even get
5: to a game at the Vet. No, you're due. I know, and I'm due for an Eagles game too. Well, I'm going to retire. I'm a school teacher. I'm going to retire in eight, like in eight working days. And one of the things is that this summer I want to go down to the. To the stadium and see the Phillies play. So, like I said, the last time I was there was Connie Mack Stadium. I actually uh, was walking through the, through. Um, I was Met Stadium. I was walking through there and I met Richie, As- Richie Ashburn. So he's another hero of
2: mine. So well, there you go. And and thank you for the call. I don't know that Don Deminer is going to win, but it is a name that I remember. One of the things, Jody, when I was young, is my uncle went into the Navy and um, he was ten years older than I, and I inherited all his baseball cards. Which was like, well, let me put it to you this way, and hopefully my father is not listening at this time. Dad, we're having lunch later today, but turn off your radio. When my uncle went into the Navy, he gave me two things. He gave me his baseball card collection, and he gave me his Playboy magazine collection.
3: Ooh, two for two. And
2: I was eight or nine years old, and both of those things interested me tremendously. (laughs)
3: Right. But unfortunately, you you could have uh, at some point ditched the uh, uh, porno, but uh, you also lost out on the baseball cards and didn't turn them into a down payment for a house. Oh,
2: I still got them. Really? I'm the one guy who never got rid of his baseball cards. Yeah, I still have most of them. Oh, yeah, I still have them. Wow. And you never passed them on to your sons or now your grandsons. They're there if they want them. I gave my kids my coin collection last year. My grandkids, they were they're delighted with that. They love the old coins. You know what? My older, my oldest grandson, who's nine, called me yesterday. I'm getting off track here, but I'm very proud of this. Called me yesterday to tell me he had made the all star baseball team in his township. Very nice. Up a mess. Yeah, that was like a real moment of praise. He said, I got to pitch an inning. I struck out two, gave up one run. It's like, not bad. Anyway, um, he likes baseball, but I don't know if, like, what is he going to care about Sandy Koufax? I don't know. I'll let him, I'll, I'll, Jody, the offer is there for them. You should ask. I should you ask. You should put it out there. Oh yeah. I'd rather they have it than me at this point. Uh let's go to Howard in Pottstown. You're on with Jody McDonald and Glenn Mac Now, Hey Howard. Hey, how you doing, Jody Mac? We be
6: good. How about you? Uh oh, pretty good. I love you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Both of you guys are excellent. And you know, from your father on up, you can tell that he passed that trade on down to you. Um I was just calling to say that, you know, I'm happy that, you know, Phillies did finally change the skipper. You can see that the and fusion had did those guys really good. They're now they look like a baseball team.
3: They're playing like one. Um, guys are uh, rising to the level that they're supposed to be at. Guys who were doing nothing all of a sudden are uh, contributing like a virling, like a stod. Yeah, they're they're clicking on the cylinders. I, I don't know how much Robbie Thompson has changed things or is doing things differently, but the results have certainly changed. So you got to give him credit for it, whether it's just hands on or a different vibe in the clubhouse.
6: They sure have. I have a, a story, a funny story on um, who I think you know. I love, but it just wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, the most feared, revered fighter in Philadelphia history, Joe Frazier, his uh, his son, Marvis, um, you know, had a whole group of us guys. We all got together. We had popcorn. We had all kinds of pizza. We you know we're college kids. We're rooting for Marvis. You know, he had a stellar uh, career with handpicked guys. And I'm going to tell you, when he fought Tyson, I swear, Tyson hit him so hard, Mike was sitting in the living room with eating popcorn. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. I <laughs> Mike Tyson that. did
3: that to a couple people. Uh, Marvis yes, wasn't
6: the only one. Marvis, yeah, Marvis was never the same. Now he's a man of the cloth, which is a better fit for him. But Is that right? Is yes, he still local? He's, yes, yes. He's an outstanding pastor. Uh, good for him.
2: That's Very not nice. a bad one. Howard, I, that's not a bad name. I wasn't expecting somebody to come up with a boxer. Um, but, Jody, I'm sure you remember Marvis was winning until all of a sudden it's like he started to face the real competition, between right. Tyson. And, then and that was that.
3: Previous to that, I think he fought Larry Holmes. I think he was 10-0, and 0, and uh, they upgraded him to Larry Holmes. He took his first loss. Then he got a bunch of guys, as the caller kind of hinted at, hand-picked opponents, and he won a bunch more in a row, which merited him a uh, shot against Mike Tyson. Yeah, first-round knockout.
2: 215 592 94 94. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now on a rainy, rainy uh, Sunday in the Delaware Valley.
1: Tampa Bay has won the last three.
6: Score! Stan Coase! Let it fly from the top of the circle!
2: Well, that was last night uh, as the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, beat the New York Rangers in Game 6, beat them 2-1 uh, to one to advance to the uh, finals. Again, Stanley Cup finals. They were faced the Colorado Avalanche, who dominated the West out there. Avalanche scoring almost five goals a game. Uh, Jody, I don't know how much of these things you have been watching or not. The NHL postseason has been great this yes, year. Uh, what thoughts you got?
3: The Tampa has got the heart of a champion. Yeah. I actually thought they were going down in the first round when they were down 3-2 to two to the Maple Leafs. I know the Maple Leafs have a running history over the last decade or so of not being able to close out series. I oh. said, well, this time they're going to get over it. Nope. They lose game six and game seven. And then they just go put a hurting on Claude Giroux and the, uh, the, the, Florida. the Florida squad Uh sweep them out in four games. And I said man, they're back on that championship roll again. And they lose the first two games in New York. They're down 2 nothing in the third game. And then they uh, rally and win that one and put three more on the board. So, uh, yeah, I think Colorado is the most talented team in the NHL. But Tampa really does have the heart of a champion. And John Cooper is one not only one of the more underrated coaches in the NHL, he's one of the more underrated coaches in
2: all the sports. Yeah, I hate the Ning. I, really? I, I, Why? Because I don't believe... <laughs> you're going to tell me I'm a dope for this. That's fine. I don't believe that there should be hockey teams away from cities where it snows. With two exceptions. you got to have a team in L.A. or you're not really a league. And probably in Dallas because it's one of the five largest markets in the country. But I, I just... I, I, I love hockey, you know, and I love the NHL, but like Carolina, Tampa, Miami, uh, Nashville, like all these bogus hockey towns. And, and, And I just always feel like unless the Lightning are going to the finals, there are six people down there who care about hockey. And by the way, they all moved down there from the Northeast.
3: I hear where you're coming from. Uh, let me see. I'm anti sunbelt hockey. Let me see if I can make an analogy as yeah. to why I don't hate them as much as you. Um, back in my younger days, uh, we used to go to certain establishments that would charge a cover. And uh, are you talking uh, strip joints? What are you yeah, talking? About? Well, no, uh, more bars <laughs> and clubs and stuff oh, okay. like that. Okay. Um, establishments. Establishments. <laughs> um, and it would annoy the snot out of me. And the guy at the door, if he had been there long enough and had built up a reputation, could they, the the owner of the club would allow them to judge the individuals coming in and charge them accordingly. And very good-looking women would get in for oh. free. Well, okay. And then yours truly would walk up, and the guy would go ten bucks. And I'm going, wait a minute, you just let the two girls in for nothing, and now you're going to charge me $10, $10 or you can get lost, buddy. And I've been standing online for 15 minutes waiting to get in. Well, I'm going to pay the 10 bucks. That's what Tampa needed to do. If you're a uh, Sunbelt hockey team, you need to earn your way into the National Hockey League. You win two straight championships, and you got a chance to win a third in a row. Yes, you are an official no, NHL squad. Franchise. I don't care how uh, hot your arena may be. Uh, they are now every bit of an NHL franchise. The I original respect six.
2: their talent and their coaching and their scouting and all of that. I just I hate that Tampa has a hockey team. I, I, I know this is the most closed-minded thing, but I'm being honest about it. I think one of the one of the problems with hockey is it tries to be a national sport and it works best as a regional sport. And this is from a guy who loves hockey, but there right. you go. But right.
3: while while other sports are trying to become global, yes. yeah, I
2: think the NHL's got to set its sights on at least
3: being the USA.
2: Nah, yeah, uh, <laughs> eh, just not. Mason-Dixon line north. That's it. Again, if if the city averages, I don't know, under 10 inches of snow a year, you don't qualify. You're out. Huh? Okay. Uh, The other thing is NBA Finals resume uh, tomorrow. Any momentum in this one? No,
3: absolutely not. And there's a very good chance. I picked the Celtics before it started. I'm going to stand by it. 2-2 after four. That's where I probably thought it was going to be. No one has won two games in a row yet, Glenn. Yeah. Celtics win, Warriors win. Celtics win, Warriors win. I expect the Celtics to win the next one out in uh, Golden State because they are the best playoff road team this year by far. It's not even close. Uh, And then they can go home and lose in Game 6. So it'll come down to a Game 7 on the coast, 9 o'clock start, all the marbles. Will Seth Curry go off for 45 if he does? The Warriors win. If he doesn't, the Celtics are going to win another championship.
2: Now, the next thing I'm going to say is not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. But I'm curious if you think there's a reason for that. The um, the ratings for the hockey playoffs are up. They're up uh, 41% from a year ago. which pretty that Any TV people will love that number. Understand that still means it's in the several millions, right? It's it's not a ton. NBA ratings for this series, the first Three games. I don't have the fourth game. First three games, lowest since 2007. Why do you think? Late starts? Yeah,
3: their bar was a little bit higher because they had put up bigger numbers than the NHL had done. Sure. Um, And here's what's actually worked for the NHL. And if you had asked me if I thought it was going to work, I would have told you no. The fact that they're going back and forth between Disney and Turner that ESPN has oh. games and then uh t- TNT has games and it's two different crews with the pregame show and actually calling the game Maybe Variety is the spice of life, and the hockey fans are just enjoying the fact that it's not the same crew, the the not-the-same pre- and post-game show every single game, because uh, ESPN has gotten the uh, first—they got the entire final, so ABC is, is broadcasting all the games. Yeah, maybe it's just working better to share your broadcast responsibilities.
2: I think that's a good point. I think the other thing is too many of the NBA games have locked, lacked drama. There have been a lot of blowouts. There have been a lot of games that weren't that enticing. Series is two to two, but the games haven't all been that great. So maybe it's that's part Glenn. It. You
3: know how long I've been following the NBA. I've never seen anything like this, and it started last round and it's carried over into the final. Uh, we've all heard the phrase in the NBA: everybody goes on a run. Uh, that even if you're down, at some point you're going to get hot and you're going to be able to cut into that lead. The runs in the postseason have been unbelievable. Like 10 oh, to run, they cut the deficit. No, eighteen to two, to twenty to four, twenty-six to four. Teams just are making unbelievable runs, which absolutely swing the balance of the game, and then the game's over and done with. So you're right. Maybe some people are tuning out. I've never seen this kind of uh, performances in the, NBA yeah. finals before, in the NBA playoffs where teams just can't buy a basket for five-minute stretches, and the other team can't miss.
2: Let's go to Raul in Wilmington. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Raul. How are you? Good. First, I feel like I've time traveled back to
3: 1993. Uh, it's great to hear you
5: both together again.
2: You got it. and we both uh, we look exactly the same as well.
5: <laughs> uh, first uh, player that
3: I really like who isn't who isn't uh, great uh, and possibly not even good. Uh, Andre Waters was a uh, Andre Waters
2: is a really good player. No, Andre Waters was a very good player. I think so. We're looking right. for scrubs. We're looking for Ish Smithes. We're looking for Steve Jelts. We're looking for Savrakas. No, Andre well, Waters was a, was a very good player. What's what's your, uh, what's your you have a Jalen Hurts point, right? I, I, I do. Um, my question
3: is, and I was glad that they kept Jalen Hurts for another year, to see what he could do when he finally has some, wide receivers that can catch the ball on run routes. What do you guys think about how he will do this year? I would say much improved, and it better be, because uh, the Eagles need to make a decision on whether they want to go forward with him or not. Last year was a test year. He got a passing grade. He didn't get an A-plus, but he got a passing grade, so that's why he's the quarterback again this year. And it's the same exact situation going into this season. They're not locked into him being their quarterback in 2023. He has to earn it. He has to show improvement because, as you point out, they've upgraded the weapons around him. So I think he needs to put up better numbers than he did last year. I'm certainly willing to give him that shot.
2: Yeah, opportunities there um, for him to develop and this is the year where you would expect the jump. He's had the background, he's had the coaching, he's you know, he's got the experience. This is it. This is the year he's got to do it and I am uh, I wouldn't bet the house on it, but I'm I'm ready to see it happen. I'm I'm excited about it. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we go back in time with our Scheib Sports this week in Philadelphia sports history. 1989, the Vet one of the greatest games ever if you were a Phillies fan and one of the heroes of that game, Steve Jeltz, will join us. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, a 94 WIP.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand.